Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch at ESPN Arkansas, 6 to 9 every weekday morning across the state. You can also check it at, out at hitthatline.com for interviews, podcasts, articles, whatever you want to see dealing with Razorback content. You can always go to hitthatline.com for all of that great content. Chad Moore's proving that you can recruit at Arkansas, shockingly enough. While I'm excited about the Razorback basketball team and a little Arkansas and Vanderbilt preview as well. But before we get into that, we all love watching college football. We're about college football. We crave college football all the time. We got to watch it if we're going to crave it to be able to satisfy that craving. And the only way and best way to do it is with Sling TV. They, if for only $30 a month, You get all the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and so much more where you can stream on your big screen as well as your favorite devices mobily. Sling TV also gives you the live TV that you love only better with no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And here's the special offer just for all of you Locked On listeners. Sign up for Sling TV and you get a free seven-day trial. All you do is go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on to start your free seven-day trial. I promise you will not regret it. It'll be the best decision you ever made and you got to try it out. I'm telling you, it's a game changer for sure. So be sure to go to sling.com slash locked on. So Chad Morris finds ways to keep adding to the recruiting class day after week after month. I I don't know what it is. It seems like the more games that Arkansas loses, the more recruits that they have come coming in. And it happened again last night or two days ago, depending on when you're looking at this podcast or listening to it, where Torian Carter, the defensive end out of Texas, picked Arkansas over Wisconsin, Michigan State, Florida, Texas, just to name a few schools. That's eight defensive linemen now in the recruiting class for 2019. Seems like a little bit of overkill, which we'll talk about that here in a second. But once again shows that Chad Morris knows what the crap he's doing in recruiting. That this staff knows what they're doing in recruiting. Now, it's sad that we even have to bring this up. It's sad that we even have to discuss this and being so shocked that at a place like Arkansas, you're able to recruit such high-end, highly talented players at the rate that they are. It's crazy, right? I think it is. But what's crazier is the fact that you have so many people out there, national media, local media, whoever, that feel like Arkansas is not a place that you can recruit at. They feel like it is a team and a program that is just destined to be a middle-of-the-pack, average SEC program that needs to know its place, know its role, and stick with it. Don't get too good. Don't think you're better than what you are. Don't expect too much. Know your role and shut your mouth, as The Rock used to say. That's ludicrous. That's stupid. That's an asinine opinion. And I've been saying this for years, and I'm going to keep saying it. And it's normally said by people who don't know what Arkansas is and don't know what they're capable of. I'm telling you right now that Arkansas is a program that can recruit at a high level. They can find ways to beat out other programs for high-caliber recruits, able to get them on campus. doesn't have to be just in-state kids. It can be kids that are around the bordering states. There's a lot of good places and people and pieces that you can fill around with this program. And if you don't believe me, just look at history. Look at history. 
Arkansas has had much better teams, much better prospects, much better players than a lot of people will ever give it credit for. Why is that? They just get lucky? Was it just because they have a kid that was a diamond in the rough most of the time and they just found a way to turn him into a pro? I'm sure in some cases, yeah, that's probably true. But overall, it's just because it's a program that can bring in quality players. Some NFL Hall of Famers came from Arkansas, played at Arkansas. And you know what? A lot of them didn't really have Arkansas on their radar even when they were being recruited out of high school. But they were convinced, they were pitched the right things, they came to Arkansas, and they haven't ever regretted it. Doesn't matter. But for some reason, people outside the state, and even some media members in the state, feel like Arkansas, you need to know your place. Chad Morris is proving all of these jokers wrong. He's proving everybody wrong. He's showing the exact reasons why, at a place like Arkansas, you can recruit with just effort. With just a winning style. Now, I know he's not winning right now, but it's a winning style. It's a familiar style that you can tell these kids out of high school, hey, that system you play in, in Texas high school, or Arkansas high school, or Louisiana high school, or Florida high school, wherever, that system, we're doing the exact same thing at Arkansas. So when you step on campus, we're not going to ask you to be a different position. We're not going to ask you to train a different way. We're not going to ask you to learn a whole new scheme, a whole new culture, a whole new philosophy. It's all going to be the same for you. It's going to be very familiar for you. And when you step foot on campus, you'll have a chance to play. Because it won't be the painful transition that so many people have to go through when they go to other programs. I think that's a big factor. And I think the energy that Chad Morris has is a big factor too. But I'm telling you, it's just putting in the work. Doing what you're supposed to do. That's all it is. That's all it ever will be. And Chad Morris gets it. So if he's able to recruit at Arkansas the way he is right now with a 2-6 and six team and a program that's desperate for some type of success as a coach who's a no-name coach who came from SMU whose best year in three years there was a 7-5 and five season. Of all these things, why is Chad Morris able to do it? Why is he able to do something that no previous coach could at Arkansas? Right now, why is he able to do that? It's because you can at Arkansas with the right coach. It's not impossible, folks. And don't ever let anybody tell you it's impossible. Those are the same people that are telling you that you will never be a team that will win the SEC West. Or you should never be a team that it should expect more than what Brett Bielma gave you. And if you don't think that's evident, just look at all of the other people from the SEC Network or uh, Bleacher Report or whoever that almost laughed at you when you wanted Brett Bielma fired. And then eventually when he was fired, they scoffed at your program. Are you serious? Never settle for less than greatness. When you start settling, when you start giving up, when you start thinking that, you know what, I'm golly gee, I'm just fine with making a bowl game. That's when you've lost your fan guard. 
That's when you've stopped caring. That's when you've become a loser. And no one likes losers. Always demand the best out of the program that you care so much about. You're not going to win it every year. You probably won't win a national championship. And I don't think any reasonable Razorback fans expect a national championship. Shoot, most of them don't even expect an SEC championship. Not with Alabama and Nick Saban. But they expect competitiveness. They expect you to go up against not only some of the lesser schools in the SEC, but some of the big boys and compete against them. That's all. You know, you can't just put, say, oh, Arkansas, they expect eight, nine wins. You can't say there's just a win number because it depends on who you beat and how you beat them and what it looks like. But just being competitive, being relevant, not being embarrassing, not being a joke, because you take your program seriously. The money that you put into the program, you take seriously, as you should. Everybody should take it seriously. And when you take something that seriously, you never, ever, ever want it to be less than stellar. Demand excellence, and if you don't get it, put somebody in there that'll help you get it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I want to talk a little bit of basketball with y'all because there's an exhibition game opening up this weekend, if anybody really cares. But either way, I want to discuss that and why I'm excited for the Razorback basketball season. But first, Vivid Seats is the online event marketplace dedicated to providing all of you fans with entertainment and experiences that last a lifetime. You can watch your favorite teams and artists perform in person with great deals. They help fans find their seats to any favorite live event. They also include it into sports, concerts, theater, shows, whatever it is. And they offer great prices and easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You got it. Listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more for the first time you visit Vivid Seats. You just got to go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code LOCKEDON to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All of these purchases and all of these confirmed orders with Vivid Seats are backed by 100% guarantee. So check it out by going to the App Store or Google Play, downloading the Vivid Seats app, and using the promo code LOCKEDON. So here you go. You got basketball coming up. Did you know that? Probably not. Most of you are still stuck in football mode that the rest of it really doesn't even matter to you. Well, let me tell you here, Sonny Jim. I'm excited about basketball. I am. I'm excited about what this team could be. I'm not expecting much. I don't even think they're going to make it to the NCAA tournament. NIT maybe, but the SEC's become really good and the schedule's going to be pretty tough. But I'm excited about it because of the mystery behind it all. Mike Anderson has been around the Razorback program for a long time. Some would probably say and argue that his record has not been what you wanted it to be. It has not been as good as you wanted it to be. But in the grand scheme of things, though, he's still done a pretty good job considering where you came from. I know that pretty well are going to get mad at me for that, but it's just the truth. I'm not making excuses for Mike Anderson, but I've always liked Mike. And I think that Razorback fans in general want Mike to, to succeed. If they're going to win a national championship, they want Mike Anderson to do it. 
if that makes sense. And, you know, there has always been times where the Razorback basketball team maybe underperformed, but they always, here's the thing, they always play hard. And I got to respect that about a team and about a coach because under Brett Bielman, you could tell those kids didn't play hard. They didn't play hard. They didn't care. Under John Pelfrey, they didn't care. Stanley, they didn't care. There's no, there no passion about it. But with Mike Anderson, his teams, even though they may not be the most talented, they may not even be the most fundamentally sound, they may make a lot of mistakes, they play hard. They give maximum effort. And that's something that I think is lost in translation a little bit. Because it could be a lot worse. I know Mike Anderson's not the best coach of all time. He's not Nolan Richardson. But if you look at other programs around the SEC specifically, it could be a lot worse. Now, what you don't want is all the other SEC programs that have made coaching hires that seem to want to really want to get it going and leave Arkansas and Mike Anderson in the dust. That's the last thing you want to do. But with the way that Tennessee is really coming on with Rick Barnes, you got Bruce Pearl down there at Auburn. You always got to watch for him. Frank Barton at South Carolina is always somebody that you're going to have to watch for. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, you don't want to know what Avery Johnson's going to do at Alabama. You know, he, he may be a contender at some point. You never know what Tom Crean is going to do at Georgia. I mean, he's the new guy at Georgia. So, I mean, you don't know what that's going to look like. My point is, is that he he is a good coach. You're just hoping that and praying that at some point in time they can break through and get to the Sweet 16. Because here's the really damning stat towards Mike Anderson and towards his Razorback basketball program in general. Do you know how many SEC teams have made the Sweet 16 since 1996 when Arkansas made it last? Do you have any idea? Try all of them. That's right. All of them. Every SEC team has made the Sweet 16 since Arkansas has. Now, if that ain't messed up, I don't know what is. That's bad. That makes you feel gross. That makes you feel sick to your stomach. I don't know. That's probably not going to change this year. Maybe not even change next year. But my whole point in all this is, is that they've been a good program, but not a great program. And as I just talked about in my previous segment, you demand greatness. And if Mike Anderson, you know, he's not going to get fired at the end of this year, but next year is going to be a big one for him if he doesn't make postseason play this season, which very well could happen. You got a lot of youth. You got a lot of raw talent. You got a lot of guys that may be able to add some pieces, may be able to be pretty good, but for right now, it's still really up in the air. But I'm excited about it. I love Bud Walton Arena. I love basketball games. I love watching. I love the atmosphere. I love all of those things. And this season is going to have some great matchups in Bud Walton. I mean, you have Indiana coming to town in the non-conference. Of course, uh, you're going to have the regular SEC schedule. I know you don't get Kentucky at home, and that's a bummer, but uh, man, you got to beat those guys at some point. It's been since 2014 since Arkansas has beaten them, too, and it's kind of given annoying that every time you look back at the Kentucky game, it's like, oh, wait, but the Mike Qualls dunk. Man, that Mike Qualls dunk was ages ago. I was still in college when that happened, so you're hoping at some point in time they can finally beat Kentucky, but don't let anyone fool you. That's a big rivalry, and we may talk about that later down the road as well, so anyways, I'm excited about basketball hope you are too and we'll see how the season plays out for the race racks you are locked on razorbacks daily arkansas razorbacks podcast let's go to the phone lines we're now joined by adam sparks of the tennessean going to talk a little bit about arkansas and vanderbilt coming up this weekend adam really appreciate you joining us how you doing this morning man 
Hey, good to be on. How you doing? Oh, we're doing awesome. And uh, here in Razorback land, they desperately need an SEC victory. And I know Vanderbilt's in the same boat. But I want to stop start with the current state of affairs with Vanderbilt. Arkansas, we all know they got new coach Chad Morris. They're still trying to put some things together, trying to overcome some things. What's it like right now among the Vanderbilt faithful with Derek Mason and the job he's done this year and their current state of affairs? Are they happy? Do they care? What's, what's overall going on over there in Nashville? Well, frustrated, I think, would be would be a good word within the fan base. I, I probably, I would say, uh, among the players and coaches as well. I mean, you know, Kyle Shermer's the quarterback. This is his fourth year starting. One of the he's actually chasing Jay Cutler for the for the all time uh, school career passing record. Uh, this is one of the better players they've had in school history, and they thought this year could have kind of set up to get to a bowl. You know, and that's that's usually kind of the ceiling for Vanderbilt. Get the six wins. In a bowl, you know anything short of what James Franklin did a few years ago—that that's the best you can hope for over the last few decades. Get to a bowl game. They thought it was there. It's still statistically there, uh, but you've got to beat Arkansas to do it. So I think a lot of the fans are looking at it, saying this is this is kind of the last chance to make a little bit of a run uh, with Kyle Shermer's senior year coming to a close. Well, I'm looking at their schedule, and they played at Notre Dame earlier in the year, and it was such a close game, and I really thought that Vanderbilt uh, was going to overcome some things, but then they lose to South Carolina, lose to Georgia, no shame in that, lose to Florida, and lose to Kentucky. They've lost to some really good teams, so you can't really say uh, just that they've been an awful team, but what has been the problem? Has it just been offensively they have been able to get it going with Kyle Shermer? I mean, what's been overall the issues of why they haven't been able to win more games? Yeah, the Notre Dame game was a tease, um, and it you know now it's happened. What four other five losses have been to top fifteen teams, and that's you know that's just kind of what happens in this conference. Um, the defense has been up and downs. The new def- uh, a new defensive coordinator this year, Derek Mason, had been his own coordinator. He hired Jason Tarver this year. The defense has been up and down. The run game, which was supposed to be a strength of this team, has been inconsistent. There's been some. Uh, a couple, three, forced down top calls that Vandy has Vandy has botched. One of them against Kentucky last week, um, in, uh, where, where they had a they had a fourth and one inside the fifteen. They get it. They could have they could have scored, taken the lead over Kentucky. It's just little little plays like that that have separated them uh, from wins. Uh, Shermer's been fine. He has, but he has, he has one good receiver, one good tight end, Kalaj Lipscomb, Jared Pinkney. And they've had a hard time kind of finding other targets for him. It's not just one thing. It's it's mm. just it, it's a cumulative effect. They've had some bad injuries, uh, but you know, at Vanderbilt, any given year, uh, you've got to be near perfect in a lot of games because you're usually outman to, to win games. And you know, they're they're they've kind of circled this one. I think as this is the one you got to get if you're going to have a chance at a bowl game. I've always been a Derek Mason fan. I always root for him. I think he's a really class act, and he's one of those guys that are, if it's like at Vanderbilt that you hope that they're able to be successful. But he's in his fifth year right now, and we always talk about hot seat rankings, and in the SEC, it's a brutal league. Is is he on any sort of hot seats, or are they going to give him a few more years? I mean, what's it looking like for Derek Mason? Well, he, he would be had he not gotten a contract extension the summer of 2017. So, so before going into last season, he had just come off a bowl game. Uh, they they pushed his contract back to its original term. So he actually went into this season with four years left in his contract. He would have three going into next year. Uh, people are kind of fidgety about him. Uh, he's obviously only got to the one bowl game. as a bad SEC record. Uh, the standards are different at Vanderbilt. Um, 
So he's extremely likable, as you mentioned. Um, but but people want him to win. Uh, they're not. They're not. They're not. You know, you need to win, or we're going to get rid of you. It's more. Uh, you need to win because we want to keep you because you like. We like you for all other uh, other uh, attributes that Derek Mason has. But he's got to do something to get the the. the uh, schedule is tough next year he's losing a senior quarterback and more importantly bandy is looking for a new athletic director so whoever takes that job will come in and kind of be an evaluation process for Derek mason next season speaking with adam sparks of the tennessean right now on the morning rush talking with arkansas and vanderbilt let's speak a little bit about the matchup against arkansas obviously these two teams don't play a lot uh it just happens to come to uh, this point in time where both of them are looking for their first sec win what do you think about the matchup itself against arkansas Ty story he was out last game but it looks like they've got him back rakeem boyd that's kind of been their bread and butter they've had their issues they're not a great team but they're feeling a little bit of confidence what do you just think about the matchup itself against arkansas Arkansas for Vanderbilt. Well, it seems like to me from from afar off that the the transition is is maybe taking a better turn. Maybe these last uh, two or three weeks, you know, coming into the year, looking at the the transition from that pro style offense to what Chad Morris wants to run and Joe Craddock. I, I know Joe Craddock well. I covered him when he was a quarterback at Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, you, you know they're going to get things turned around in the right way. Uh, there's just a lot of personnel that doesn't fit there. I think John Chavis has done a good job started to give a little bit of, the, of an identity to that defense. Uh, I think they're probably looking at it a little similar to Vanderbilt, that they feel like they've got some pieces that can win win games. They've just got to figure out uh, how to get to the finish line. Uh, I'm curious to see what Arkansas does at quarterback. I know Ty Story is back, and he's been their guy all season. You know, Derek Mason yesterday actually said he, he expects to see Connor Nolan in there some if not starting. He thinks he'll see at least two, at least two of the quarterbacks. So Vandy is preparing for that. Uh, I'm sure Arkansas will maybe feel it out and see who has the hot hand. But uh, I think that's going to have a, a pretty big impact on the game of the quarterback play. It's definitely going to come down to that. Do you feel confident, though, that as far as these two teams go, are you leaning more towards Vanderbilt being able to take care of business, or is it going to be a tough one since it's on the road? I don't think you expect a great atmosphere there in Fayetteville at 11 a.m. kickoff, especially with the way the season's gone. But are you leaning towards Vanderbilt in this matchup? Well, I mean, it's it's if you if you look at the line of the game, I think Arkansas uh, started off about a two point favorite. Vandy's now about a one one and a half point favorite. It's it's obvious the odds makers don't know. Uh, what to make of it. I think it'll be a close game. Um, if it's low scoring, I like Vanderbilt's chances. If it's high scoring, I like Arkansas's chances. Uh, we, we make picks in the paper here. I think I picked Vandy by a field goal, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is kind of a funny pick because Vandy's actually had some, some issues either kicking field goals or deciding when to take them. So uh, I guess I'm betting on, on Vandy figuring that out in Fayetteville. It's such a, it's such a weird matchup because these teams have not played in a number of years. Uh, the two coaches have never faced off, so you don't really know what to expect. And I would expect just about anything to happen. Again, I, th- I think if this game gets up into thir- the 30s, um, I like Arkansas at home, building some momentum. If they come out and play well at that 11 a.m. kickoff, if Vandy grinds it out and they keep it low scoring, I like their chances. And probably a game similar to what they played at Kentucky, I just think they would uh, they would finish it off better. 
Let me ask you about the SEC East, because we know the SEC West here in Arkansas and how tough it can be, and especially with Alabama in the division and, and Auburn and LSU coming along. But the SEC East, to me, has been pretty surprising, not just because, of course, Georgia has only got one loss. And Florida, with Dan Mullen in their first year, I think he's doing a good job. But Kentucky only having one loss seems pretty crazy. South Carolina sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Missouri yet to find their SEC victory. It seems like the SEC East is just kind of a, a crapshoot right now, and everything's really random and mixed up a little bit. What can you make? out of this division and what's actually going on over there well i, th- I think it's, it, it is a crap shoot i think it's a better crap shoot uh than it was maybe about two or three years ago uh you know in the east uh, a lot of people have said and i'm one of them that the, the east is never going to catch back up with the west until uh the three traditional powers tennessee georgia florida are back to kind of a top 10 top 15 uh, status in the country and you know, there's been a window now where teams like Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri uh, could could make a little bit of a run, a little bit of a push because those those teams have been down. I think when Georgia finally kind of rose up last year, uh, got got the right head coach, uh, that kind of put the others in into action. Kentucky has kind of built this over the last few years. I'm not so sure it'll last beyond Benny Snell's senior year, but. Um, you know, Florida got the right coach in Dan Mullen. I think they're going to get back. Maybe Tennessee is the right coach. That's probably going to take a little more time. But I think the East is going to start to close the gap more uh, with the West. But there's no Nick Saban on the East side, so I don't think they're, they're going to catch up until he retires. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are waiting for the day that he finally retires so they can finally have a chance, that is for sure. And real quick, before I let you get out of here, Adam, and I really appreciate you joining us, I need to ask you about this Derek Mason-Dan Mullen deal because that was so fascinating to me because I would have never expected uh, somebody like Derek Mason to, to have this type of uh, verbal altercation. I know that's all fine now and, there, and it's not a big deal, but what can you tell us about that? What happened and what was the cause behind all of that? Well, I mean, uh, Dari Odangbo, who's uh, one of Fandy's defensive linemen, where he was down. Uh, Derek Mason says that a player from Florida started shouting at him. It's it's never a good setup when there's an injured player and there's some uh, jawing back and forth where one coach is right along the other sideline. If if that injury had occurred in the middle of the field, probably nothing would have happened. Todd Grantham, the defensive coordinator, got involved, and you can see that as clear as day on TV, yelling at the coaches. Um, and, and what kind of – I wouldn't say what sparked it, but what it kind of kept it going is uh, when it was obvious that coaches were going back and forth and Dan Mullen was held back, um, uh, Dio Odengbo, who is the younger brother of Dare Odengbo, the injured player, ran out on the field. The rest of the team followed him, and it just kind of snowballed from there. It just it wasn't a good situation, but the fact that, that coaches separated the players by a few yards and there was never any – contact of a fight uh, I, I thought was was pretty incredible because it looked like something was going to go down there yeah it certainly was interesting I, I tell you what i'm glad it didn't get into a physical altercation but if it did my money would probably be on Derek mason in that one he seems like a guy what, that could probably take care of himself well, well if you look at the video his defensive line coach tj iu a former player at nebraska is who'd have put my money on that, that yeah. i think he would have protected Derek if he needed it <laughs> yeah he had he had a nice uh, security guard there too in case anything got a yeah. little too hairy so yeah that was fascinating stuff adam sparks of the tennessean all really appreciate you joining us adam it's nice to be able to catch up a little bit about this game this matchup uh going on this week i know razorback fans are excited about it. i'm sure vanderbilt is as well have a good had good luck the rest of the way man and looking forward to catching up with you later down the road Okay, good deal. Good to be on.
your Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 